Dady Lady, the book club of love. Hi, Barbara. How are you, Vera Lisb? Pretty good, Barbara. Okay. Twin sights. We're doing twin sights. What you got? Oh, I have a twin sight. Well, you may have read on IMDb or on Quibi or in the trades, bleeding cool, that the second half of the seventh season of Reno 911 is now available. Everybody's favorite show, Reno 911. Have you heard about that? With two twins. Two twins are in it. Are we going to say the episode or should you just watch all of them? You should watch all of them. Just watch all of them. It's great. That show is so wonderful. I grew up watching those guys. So I used to watch Viva Variety mm-hmm. with my dad. Mm-hmm. Then that ended and Reno 911 came on a couple years later, but I didn't know it was the same characters. And when I did, it was like, you know, the end of Usual Suspects where you're like, oh, that guy was that guy and this guy is this guy and that lady is this lady. And Carrie Kenny is just such a goddess. Uh, yes, she is. But we got to be on an episode. Yeah, super fun. And we're just kind of there. You know what I mean? Just kind of sitting there. We're in a scene with Toby Huss and Renee Who? Albert. We did the Rudy Cassoni show at the Steve Allen for many, many years. Yeah. We met Tom and Ben back then at the show. They would come on and I think they, were, they must have been filming the prior final season of Reno maybe season six and they would kind of show up like after taping their own show and they like one time they had like these leotards and they came and did these Cirque du Soleil characters. I remember another one Ben did by himself and he was just eating a jar of mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like a marshmallow stuff but still it was disgusting. Anyway so that's how we met them and then you know 10 years later they get Reno going again and and we got an email saying, hey, you guys want to be on the show? And we said, yeah, we'd love to. The best auditions are no auditions. Exactly. The characters were uh, Pooh Bell Twin 1 and Pooh Bell Twin 2. And I was Pooh Bell Twin 2. And yeah, so we I just... I made sure of that. Oh, no, you didn't. Just kidding. So anyway, we filmed it. It was back in February, like February 12th, somewhere around there. And then um, some stuff happened in our lives. Some not great stuff. Um... And then the season came on on Quibi, and uh, I got Quibi because I wanted to see it, and then I watched it, and we weren't on it. And how'd that make you feel? It made me feel sad, and I think the reason why was because I was expecting the worst, because things weren't going great. Our dear friend Dr. Amy Harwick had died, and we were in the midst of a pandemic, and... I had a frozen shoulder that happened like the week that the pandemic really hit home. So I was like in constant physical pain. Like a lot of shit was happening. Things were not good. And then when I saw, like I watched the last episode of Reno, I was like, oh, we're not in it. And I was really sad. And it, But it just seemed like par for the course, you know? And I'd already posted something on Instagram about like, oh yeah, we did it. We're in, we're in Reno. And then we weren't in Reno. And I was just like, I just, I... I was still so happy because it was the last thing that had happened before everything kind of fell to shit. Mm-hmm. And I posted about it and I said, we, we didn't make it in. They cut it. I'm still so grateful that I got to be a part of it because it really was like a really nice memory. And then a couple months go by and Quibi announces part two of season seven. And we are indeed in it. And I was so thrilled to see us there. And it was also like a lesson in not letting negative thoughts take hold because nobody told me I wasn't in it. It just, I didn't see myself in it. No, but Tom didn't call and say, oh, we got some bad news. You know, like there's no indication. I mean, sure, stuff gets cut all the time, right? That's a normal thing. Like in my brain, I was like, what did I personally do in that show to make them go, oh my God, we cannot 
use this. We spent tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> shooting this, but Vera <laughs> looked at the camera a little too long. We're really going to have to shit can this. I'm really sorry. I'm not sorry because she ruined everything. Right. You know what I mean? So I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. So the, so good- the lesson you learned was gratitude. The I, attitude of gratitude. I already had the attitude of gratitude. It was don't assume the worst is going to happen, even if the worst is happening all around you. Some good stuff can still occur in, in life. Mm-hmm. Not everything is terrible. <laughs> but you know what? If we'd ended up on the cutting room floor, that would have been fine too. Yeah, because I had a great time. Like he, we basically showed up, got into hair and makeup, joked around, talked with our friends. We had lunch. I sat there and listened to Tom and Carrie tell stories. They've been working together for literally decades, and they had stories about being back in New York. Actually, one of their stories was about they thought they had just uh, gotten like a whole series of something or other. It was like an ad campaign, and then it just got like in the middle of filming it, like an exec walked in and get, went like, uh, oh, we're, we're not going to do this. And then like the lights got turned off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens so much. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, gosh, how ironic that that's one of the stories they told over lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we hung out. We had lunch. We met some new people, filmed it. It was ridiculous and silly. It was so silly. The sketch is very, very silly. We got to see that in progress. Can I spill a secret? Mm. I just want to see what the script looked like. Yeah? It's just like a paragraph. There's no dialogue whatsoever. Those guys are geniuses. They just make up everything on the spot. I don't know. It's just magical to be a part of this show that I love so much. So, yeah. Naturally, because I loved it so much, it was going to go away. Ah, right. Yeah, that's how that works. Barbara, do you have a twin site? Um, no, I think that's a good one. Welcome to Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. How are you? Good. I'm excited about our book today. Are you? Well, yes, of course. We have had this book for many years. Your book looks so, it looks almost brand new, except for the thousands of post-its that are hanging out of it. Uh, yeah, actually, I did have this book before. Funny story. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Um, Is this your second copy of this book? Yes. Well, tell me what happened to the original. Uh, my boyfriend tore it up. <laughs> Did he? He did. <laughs> did he flush it down a toilet? Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you seem sad now. No, well, this book incites rage in some people. <laughs> <laughs> it is a controversial tome. So I'd read it ages ago. When did it come out? It came out 2001. 2001. Okay. I sometimes tend to reread the books I really like. And then sometimes I'll put like the date when I read them. So I remember. And I have okay. 2006 written down here. But I don't think that was the first time I read it. I think that was the second time I read it. So I've read this book like three times. I read this book. Are you ready? When I'm bored. I was going to say, this book... Is an awesome rereading this now, stuck at home without a job, without any uh, romantic uh, prospects. Do we say what the book is called? Do we have to? Do we? Yeah, we do. It's The Art of Seduction mm-hmm. by Robert Greene. Yes. And it is very fun to read. Yes. It incites your imagination because for many reasons, I, for me, personal. For you personal, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. He, his research on this is extensive, so he's quoting from... Literature. Literature, from history, biographies. Yeah, history. Autobiographies, diaries, film. For our Irish and Canadian <laughs> friends out there. Nova Scotian friends. 
I have a million notes on read that book, read that book, read that book. You feel smarter just cracking the cover of this one. But also you project yourself onto these different character types, Mm -hmm. these archetypes of seducers. And that's fun too, where you go, oh, I did that with that relationship or that person did that to me and that's why that worked. It's fun. And also I implore everyone to read it in that light as well, because if you read it in any other light, uh, hey, I'm going to pick up some chicks. I'm going to read this book and pick up chicks. No, that's not what this book is about. Is it? No. Or is well, it? Or is, it? is it? I don't really? know. Who do we ask about that? Uh, I, I guess other people have in here? read it or... Yeah. I don't know. Well, should we talk about the structure of it? Yes. The first half of it describes the different... Seducing types. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my seducer voice the entire time. Please don't. Okay. And then the middle part is... <laughs> It starts with the types of victims. Victims. Mm -hmm. And then the last part are the The, ways that you uh, seduce. The ways that you take your seductive behaviors and then you seduct. You make a seduct. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. It is fun. It is so fun for me because I'm bored right now. And I don't read this book as like how I could seduce somebody. I read it as like how somebody might seduce me. Which I realized in reading this book has never, ever happened. Really? Not once. Never. I have a couple couple (laughs) things to say about that. No one, that's absolutely not true. That is true. It is. What about Marlon? Hello. No, I liked him first. Or we liked each other first. I've never been with somebody that I didn't like first. Yeah, but maybe he seduced you into liking him. He did not. I liked him when I heard his name before I ever saw his face. So somebody told me who he was and his name, and I went, that's somebody I need to meet. Did they tell you who he was as in a famous blank blank? He or? wasn't a famous blank blank. He, he, yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Not at that point. Okay. I'm going to read you the, the sentence. That it's at the end of the book, and it, uh, I got to the sentence, and I went, oh, shit, I've never, ever been seduced. This is the sentence. If two people come together by mutual consent, that is not a seduction. Okay. Boo- booyah. Slam the book closed. I... Yes. I And everybody I've ever been with has been somebody that I already wanted to be with. Okay. The guy who drove down from your college to see you here with the leather motorcycle <laughs> outfit. outfit. Yes. With nothing underneath. Who started that one? I think that was my only rebound relationship. And we, we were just drawn together by the fact that we'd just both broken up with people we liked. Okay. What do you call that when two people who like absolutely shouldn't be together but are like, uh, you got dumped. Yeah, I got dumped too. <laughs> It's sad, a, it's sad in the sack. <laughs> that was just a, that was a rebound. That wasn't seduction. Okay. Try another one. The guy you're dating in high school? The older guy? See, that one I thought about because I didn't like him. We were sort of set up. His friend was like, hey, come over here. Talk to this girl. And then we, we just started dating for nine months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I never, like, liked him. Like, I always, I never called him my boyfriend. He was the guy I was seeing for nine months. Like, how, that's pretty insulting. I think we exchanged I love yous, but I made sure I always put two at the end because it sounded less like I was into him that way. Oh, okay. And then I didn't trust him at all. Just not mm-hmm. at all. So mm-hmm. things never got to the point where I was going to give my virginalness to him. Because uh-huh. I was just like, nah, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't think that's a seduction. All right. Well, you win. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not like happy about that. I mean, now it's like, well, now it's just fine. But I have a 20 year marriage that was built on two people liking each other. I mean, maybe I even seduced my husband because I was the one who was 
more, unless it's like there's a dowry involved and your parents set you up, there's got to be some kind of seduction involved. Not in the way that this book, this book is somebody takes an interest in somebody else. And tries really hard. And tries really hard to get them. Okay. So I've never had that. But I think that's kind of the key to my success, though. None of my relationships have started with one person liking the other person and the, the second person being indifferent until the other person makes their case. And that's ne- that will never work for me if I ever mm. am in the sad position of being single again. Sad for me because that means I would have lost my husband. Continue. <laughs> I can't think of a relationship. Well, maybe a couple of relationships where I have been the seducer. And I wish I could be the seducer more often, but it just does not work. Girls seducing boys? Me seducing anyone. Oh. In fact, <laughs> I, have a, I have a surefire way to get into a relationship and that is I hit on somebody uh-huh. express interest they uh-huh. reject me and Aww. then but because I've put that energy out there then somebody comes to me I've tried it again and again it always works who would reject you anyone who I show interest <laughs> in <laughs> I swear really yes really and at this point I'm so numb to it I'm lonely and bored I'll shoot off an Instagram DM uh-huh. won't get shit back uh-huh but someone else will pick up on the vibes. I wouldn't say this unless it happened every single fucking time. Really? Yes. So, okay, so how do we how do we work that? Do you do you have to hit on somebody that you like? Can you hit on just married gay guy and and still get the same result or does it have to be somebody Oh, I'm fine with being rejected by someone I actually would date. Really? Say, yes. Oh. Number 1, it, it's always good to have a little dose of humility. Mm-hmm. It gives me empathy. It doesn't bother me for someone that I don't know very well, I just think is cute. Uh-huh. It doesn't hurt my feelings. What are your, do you have pickup lines? What do you do? You're just like, hey, you want to hang out? No, I don't. I actually, you know, have gathered some information or, you know, feel some connection with that person. You're like, I walked by your house last night. You seemed a little sad sitting in your kitchen. Yeah. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, that's a note I slip under their front door. Okay. <laughs> and then when they reach to kind of like pull it in, you just pull it back? Yeah. Because you're still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And then you peek through the mailbox and go, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Stick my fingers in. (laughs) And that doesn't get them. No. Weird. Actually, one, it wasn't really, I don't know if you call it seduction or not, but I had a very significant relationship where I was more active Mm -hmm. and it felt like the biggest prize in the world when I got this person, you know, and it took for fucking ever. I was so patient. But that's what all my relationships have been. They've been, I notice somebody and it's usually a little bit has to, well, the ones that have worked at least have been the person notices me too. So I'm working off of something and it's always like a slow burn. It always takes weeks or months or years years before I'm with that person. So you're seducing them. You are. Am I? I guess so because I am putting myself out there. By the time we finally get to, and here's the other thing, in every instance we've exchanged I love you's before we've been a couple. And with my husband, it took, I think, all of two weeks, three weeks. So it's always been falling in love with somebody first and then we're together. To varying degrees of success. I mean, but there was a year relationship in there, a five-year relationship, and now a 20-year relationship. So I don't know if people can still do stuff like that, though. I mean, I was young, and I had a lot of time on my hands back then. I don't think that applies to the dating world anymore, right? Certainly not uh, app dating. Is there a better <laughs> word for that? Because suddenly I become 500 years old when I say app 
updating updating <laughs> there are a couple points in here where it just it screams that updating sucks oh i just turned to the page here's a quote from soren kierkegaard with two a's mm-hmm. i think that name is made up <laughs> it is a stroke of good fortune to find one who is worth seducing most people rush ahead become engaged or do other stupid things and in a turn of the hand everything is over and they know neither what they have won nor what they have lost Oh, Kierke, you got away with words. That sums up app dating to me. Number one, you're swiping. You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Swiping, swiping. Because you don't like something, you swipe. Mm -hmm. And then you get like 15 people and you're kind of like exchanging little bits and pieces of info. And I don't know, I lose interest as soon as someone goes like, where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) And are you there right now? Yeah, because I've mapped you on my GPS. Well, I mean, we've established already that you... For you, it's better if it's somebody that you work with or know through other means, right? Yeah. Now my dating pool is the mailman <laughs> and my neighbors. Uh-huh. But yes, yes. How are people meeting people right now? Well, I don't know. I mean, we did our love in the time of COVID. Oh, we, I got an update from Jamie. Oh, yeah. From uh, our first love in the time of COVID. No, that was our second. Okay, never mind. She met somebody. She did? She did, yeah. So we might have From to- our podcast? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> we might have to re-interview her and find out what's going on okay. there. Yeah. All right. So it does happen. Also, Matt is still with his girl, so... Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check in with Candace and Lisa and see what they're up to. All right. Well, yeah, this this book is, I think, valuable right now because it is reminding everybody of what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do. I mean, yes. this book is not supposed to be taken literally. No. And Mm-mm. actually, the book follows Robert's own description of the seductive process. This book follows in that it starts off subtle and then it gets off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Bonkers so towards the end. The book seduces you. Are you saying that? Because it draws you in and then just gets nutty. And you're like, yes, book, I must follow you. I must finish you. No, it doesn't do that for me. And I wonder... If it's because I'm not playful enough. Like, the first time I read this book, I did not get it. And also, I think I was more interested in what's my uh, seducer type. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a very egocentric take on this book. And every time I read it, I get more out of it. I understand more. But I think that's also because I'm understanding love as being more playful or relationships as being more playful. And not so, I'm not so focused on having my triplets anymore, you know, like... (laughs) Before I was like, who am I going to have three babies with all at once? <laughs> and now, <laughs> tell me, book. Not this is not the book for that. No, no, this is a book for bored people, for bored people who want to dream of seducing or being seduced. Yeah, or just neither of those things, but just observing what that might be for somebody, which is probably actually more where I'm at. Okay, well, if you don't know what kind of seducer you are, there's um, one, two. There's a bunch of types. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want to talk about what types we are because what did we decide on? Because we do know what Robert thinks we are. We interviewed him for our other podcast, The Slap Booth Show. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to that, it's such a delightful interview. It really is. And you can hear us speaking French accents for an hour. Which we've tried so hard to get rid of. I know. <laughs> I think we've done a good job. Mm-hmm. You'll see how silly Robert we we guessed what kind of seducer Robert was, and he got he, he got, got really very mad. offended. <laughs> we then we guessed the second one, and, yeah. and it turned out that he agreed with that. Although I don't, he said the rake, and he's a reformed rake. A reformed because rake because rakes are pretty evil. I know, but he's a reformed rake because he has a partner. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
And then he said that we were coquettes. Mm-hmm. There's a hot coquette and a cold coquette. And Vera is a sub-zero <laughs> frozen coquette. <laughs> Am I right? I was. Am I still a- What are you now? Well, <laughs> I asked him if I could be a lukewarm coquette. Okay. And he said no. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm a, probably still mostly a cold coquette. Um, I think I'm naturally a coquette, and I think that's our whole personas of the Bibi and Fifi Poubel, the French maids with the velvet hammer, were built off of being cold coquettes. And they're very independent and make you feel slightly bad about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and you just want more. But you know, though, I, upon reading this again, like, yeah, last time I would have said I'm 100% cold coquette. This time I think there are aspects of natural a natural. I'm just going to read it. Go ahead. I'm going to read a couple of these. Do it. Childhood is a golden paradise we are always consciously or unconsciously trying to recreate. The natural embodies the longed-for qualities of childhood: spontaneity, sincerity, unpretentiousness. In the presence of naturals, we feel at ease, caught up in their playful spirit, transported back to that golden age. Adopt the pose of the natural to neutralize people's defensiveness and infect them with helpless delight. But I don't, I wouldn't adopt that. That's just, I do have childlike aspects, Barbara. I think poo poo pee pee butt. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I also read this time, I, I would think that I have, or I had aspects of ideal lover that I trotted out for, for example, Marlon, I can think of some, the way I dressed and the way that I... You basically conformed to what he wanted to see? No. I was, you know, just a normal date. I'd be wearing stockings and garters, and I I showed up to dinner once in a corset, and, you know, the kind of things that he wasn't expecting and maybe reminded him of maybe somebody from, like, the 1800s, you know, but that was that type of thing, you know? You reflected fantasy. In a world of disenchantment and baseness, there is limitless seductive power in following the path of the ideal lover. We didn't read Coquette. Shall I read Coquette? The ability to delay satisfaction is the ultimate art of seduction. While waiting, the victim is held in thrall. Coquettes are the grand masters of the game, orchestrating a back-and-forth movement between hope and frustration. They bait with the promise of reward, the hope of physical pleasure, happiness, fame by association, power, all of which, however, proves elusive. Yet this only makes their targets pursue them the more. Imitate the alternating heat and coolness of the coquette, and you'll keep the seduced at your heels. And you feel that you are a coquette, no? Eh, that would have been me before when I had less empathy for people. I'm such a different person than I was the first time I read this or the second time. So do any of these other seducer types, are you the star? Well, Dandy was the other one that um, Robert said we had aspects of. They play with masculinity and femininity, and I think he felt that because we were wrestlers. That's why we embodied some of the Dandy. Uh. What about the anti-seducer? Yeah, well, we'll get to that. He gives a background on seduction, that women were the first people to really develop the art of seduction because they were tired of having no power, no Mm -hmm. physical power, and getting raped. You can have my daughter for seven cows. As the first seductresses knew, it is much more effective to create love than lust. A person in love is emotionally pliable and easily misled. Origin of the word seduction is the Latin for to lead astray. Seducers take their time, create enchantment, and the bonds of love, so that when sex ensues, it only further enslaves the victim. So that's kind of the basis of what he's describing seduction to be. Uh, successful seductions begin with your character, your ability to radiate some quality that attracts people and stirs their emotions in a way that is beyond their control. Sweep them off their feet. He says in this book, you really need to read all of it to understand the full picture. You can't just read your own who you think you are and then... Oh, here's a... And again, I think we're going to be talking about ourselves a lot, right? What? (laughs) 
if we like really went through this book, we'd have like six episodes instead of the three, three we're that have. we're probably gonna have. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit in the siren about Marilyn Monroe. She's doing a scene with her acting teacher. Michael Chekhov and he goes all through our playing of the scene I kept receiving sex vibrations from you as if you were a woman in the grip of passion I understand your problem with your studio now Marilyn you're a woman who gives off sex vibrations no matter what you are doing or thinking the whole world has already responded to those vibrations they come off the movie screens when you are on them do you have any thoughts on that I never want to hear the term sex vibrations <laughs> ever again <laughs> Is there such a thing? Because that reminded me of like a friend took me out once and then got drunk and like on as I was getting out of the car, like lunged at me and kissed me. And I had given him no quote unquote sex vibrations, but he was like, I could just feel them coming from you. Is that a thing? If you're saying, can people make up things in their heads? Can they project characteristics on other people mm. that include sex vibrations? Then yes, that is a thing. You just said sex vibrations. Ooh. <laughs> Another point, just a general point. Mm -hmm. I think we, Vera, you and I would have fucking cleaned up in the 16th, 17th, 18th really? hundreds. Yes, because there's talk of Madame Recamier oui. and uh, Josephine Bonaparte, the sister. Okay, yes. And a couple other women that I had, you know, I looked up. This, this book for me was a slow read because I stop and look up everybody and every book referenced along the way. But so I looked up pictures of them. Mm -hmm. We look just like them. I know. We do have like a... We have long... We have brown hair and pale skin and long faces. Uh, Madame Recamier had the most beautiful feet. Very Ooh. long toes. Well, so do we. Exactly. So Ooh. if I had been DMing people in those <laughs> centuries... I would have really done well. <laughs> Timeless faces. Bevy, I'm just, I'm so amazed at all your post-its. I'm just, I'm, I'm enthralled with what you're going to come okay. up with next. I'm just reading little bits and pieces. Under the rake, the male is traditionally vulnerable to the visual. The siren who can concoct the right physical appearance will seduce in large numbers. Oh, there's a bit about the rake. He might have conquered a thousand women before you, but that only made him more interesting. Better to be abandoned than undesired by such a man. But if that was a woman, he'd be a slut. <laughs> Should we talk about the second part? The second part talks about victim types. Yes. Do we cover the anti-seducer? No. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. There's the seductive types. Mm -hmm. Then there's the anti-seductive types. Yes. And basically, insecurity is the root of all anti-seductive characteristics. He devotes a lot less time to the anti-seducer, but he has these little paragraphs. I mean, you can just read some of the titles. The Suffocator. The Moralizer. The tightwad. The bumbler. I'm going to do a funny voice for each one, okay? Okay. The Wittenberg. <laughs> <laughs> the reactor. <laughs> the vulgarian. Yeah. Do I? Oh, the brute. That's one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you even, do you need me to read more about what these are? No, you don't want somebody uh, jawing away. Yeah. Not asking questions, right? He just emphasizes that for Casanova, who he is, Casanova is all throughout this book, mm -hmm. seduction was a lighthearted game that people played for their mutual amusement. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Maybe this is why this book didn't, I didn't get this book when I was younger because I was way more insecure. Mm. So yeah. you saw yourself in the anti-seducer, you saw yourself as a victim. Like seduction didn't seem lighthearted and fun to me. It seemed, because also I was like, what are you seducing for? Mm. And honestly, I still have that question when I read this book it's not just for a bang is it no I mean the Casanova stories for example like he always seems to leave the girls happier than how he found them he just wants some happiness in his life and 
you know, he wants adventure and that type of stuff. I mean, that's not every example that he gives, but that sounds cool. Two people are bored and they want to be a little happier than one of them seduces the other. And then they have a couple good weeks or months or years. And then. But what kind of modern relationship is like that? Uh, Probably none. Probably none. Because I was, as we always do, I was thinking of actual relationships I've had that these stories remind me of. And I was thinking about one, like the first guy who ever, he was, we mentioned him at a certain point. He's the guy with all the girlfriends who all leave their shoes at his apartment um, while pretending to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he was such a seducer. He, let's see, what would he be? I think he'd be a rake. He just showered me with attention after he realized that you had a boyfriend. <laughs> um it wasn't a fun breakup. Like it was a, it was just so uncomfortable. I think about him most of all because he has these characteristics. Like he, there was nothing, like there was no substance there and I knew it. Mm-hmm. And the connection was physical and it was like his, his world was just so enveloping and it was so fun. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. That was the thrill of it. Like I didn't agree with a lot of things he said. I didn't think he was like a wonderful human being, but it was, I wanted to be in his world so badly. Yeah. But then I was left with like, it was just so ugly and messy at the end. Well, that's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. I mean, if you want to skip all the way to the end here, he talks about, Robert talks about how you're supposed to end these relationships and it's supposed to be quick and, and you're not supposed to drag it out and you're not supposed to put the other person through pain. And yeah, he did all those things. You know, he could have just said, it's been a great couple of months and, uh, you know, it's time to end things or whatever. But he didn't do that. He let you find shoes, you know, and that's, yeah, that's cowardly. That's not. That's oh. not what that, that's not what this book is about. We did we did our first breakup. We'd gone to see uh, a silent film at the Orpheum Theater, and I was all dressed up in like silk twenties gown, and he looked great. And we came home, and I was just like, I wanted. It. I said, I'm ending it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I was a cold coquette oh. when I was 23, 24. Uh-huh. God, that would have been a perfect breakup because he was like, he, he had like a, like kind of a half tear in his eye. He's like, I cannot believe the most beautiful woman is breaking up with me. I shall be gone. Fuck. I want to combine two stories. I'm just going to do that and no one will know, right? Yeah. Nobody will know. Okay. Yeah. So that very night, uh-huh. not, not a night two weeks prior to this, <laughs> that actually made me realize that we should break up. Uh-huh. Uh, there was an earthquake. Uh-huh. And so he's holding my hand going, I cannot believe the most beautiful. And then there's an earthquake. Uh He fucking runs out of my apartment into the street. Without you. And leaves me there. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking through this book and I don't see any examples. (laughs) (laughs) Where the great seducer (laughs) leaves leaves his partner to have a clock fall on her head. I don't see that anywhere in here. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish we'd ended it like that, but but I I guess I called him or something later and we got back together. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did he even say after that? First of all, you're not supposed to run out when there's an earthquake because like a power line could fall on your head. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's cowardly, selfish, and stupid. You know what? I think what actually happened after that, I think I just did not open. I did not answer the door when he tried to get back <laughs> in. I was just like, fuck you, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I hope he brought his keys with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he like went around the apartment, grabbed everything he needed to, got a bottle of water, and then left me there. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dating Ladies with Barbara Ann and Vera Elizabeth Duffy. And their review of the book, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. 
part one is what you just listened to. There's gonna be, if you stick around, part two, part three, and or maybe part four. All worth listening to. They're coming up shortly if you're patient, and you should be patient. Couple announcements. Vote. Hope you know if you are registered already to vote. You should check that out. I cannot tell you exactly how to do that, but there are many resources on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, the Duffy Twins have an Instagram account. They want you to follow. They have two, actually. They have at Daity Ladies at Daity Ladies, where they only have a handful of followers, which makes them look like. They're not very popular, but then if you go over to at Poobel Twins, or perhaps it's the Poobel Twins, that's what I believe it is, at the Poobel Twins, you're going to find that they have a more respectable following, like a pretty good following for two adult women with children who do not spend the kind of time they should amassing followers, but you can help them get both those numbers up. All right, they also have a Facebook, and they hate Facebook, so you can join them on Facebook and just kind of look around and uh, see posts from five to ten years ago. If you have any questions or comments, I think there's an email available, maybe at datyladies.com. That is datyladies.com. Root around in there for the information that you need. Thank you again so much for listening. I will see you so soon. Ciao, Anara. That's my new catch tag.